Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, December 12th, 2018, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast, coming to you from the Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is J is for Jesus. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, we bow down spiritually speaking. We ask that the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit be with us this day, that you would send your word by way of your spirit, that it would permeate our hearts, minds, souls, and spirits, Lord God, that we would be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of your one and only begotten Son, who is none other than the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is Jesus Christ. It is 1159 and split seconds, dear Lord God, and we know that it is. And we know that the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit is in full force, ready to take us through to the other side of the Jordan. If we will only keep our eyes steadfast upon your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, walk in the power working and anointing of your Holy Spirit and to know your word, know it well, and know it correctly for ourselves. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. Blue is the color of a heart so 
song my friends and the words the music is really cool it is an awesome song for this time of year and as we open the show for today here on the 12th day of december 2018 a mere 12 days till the eve of that which is called christmas day of which for the christian represents a day of remembrance concerning the birth of the one and only true and living god's one and only begotten son who is Jesus Christ, of whom his heavenly Father, who there again is the one and only true and living God, sent to earth to be the only hope and salvation, or as I like to say, way of escape, and is better known as the Savior of all mankind. That is, of all mankind who will receive him, Jesus, that is, as their only hope and salvation, or shall we say there again, way of escape from the soon coming outpouring of the wrath of God upon the godless, ungodly, backslidden, and unsaved of this present world. With that thought in mind, my friends, let us delve deeper. As I come to you this day with a few stories about just how much our Creator and His one and only begotten Son, who there again is none other than the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, and His name is Jesus Christ, are truly mocked, hated, and downright despised by a majority of the very men, women, and their offspring who have been created by the Lord God and are currently walking upon the face of this planet called Earth, not realizing that they are just moments away from the blackness of hell as they await their departure to the flames of the eternal lake of fire. Yes, my friends, I am speaking of those who walk in the very who walk on the very face of this earth, and even though they have been given the gift and breath of life and every beat of their heart, they choose to mock and reject the very one who has fashioned them and who at the same time holds days, hours, minutes, and seconds of their life in the very palm of his hand. As we continue this thought, let us now move into some of the pieces that the Lord God has chosen by way of his Holy Spirit for this special occasion. With our first article of the day coming to us from an online publication called LifeSite News, dated December 7th, 2018, titled, School Principal Bans Christmas, Candy Cane's because shape is a J for Jesus, of which the author begins by thusly stating, Omaha, Nebraska, 
an elementary school principal has been put on leave after banning candy canes, which she said are a Christian symbol. According to Liberty Council, Jennifer Sinclair, the principal of Omaha area Manchester Elementary School, wrote a memo this November to teachers banning all the decorations and school assignments that make any reference to Christmas, including the colors red and green. Quote, please remember that we are not to be doing any Christmas or holiday-specific themed activities with students. She instructed Santa and Christmas items are not to be uh, on activities or copies. We have varied religious beliefs in our school, and it is our job to be inclusive. The writer then states Sinclair was so thorough in her inclusive inclusivity that she banned candy canes on the grounds that they're shaped like a J for Jesus. Quote, historically, the J is uh, for Jesus, she claimed, the red for the blood of Christ, and the white is a symbol of his resurrection. Well, I do thank her for telling everybody that. That's wonderful. That's the best thing she did. The principal also rejected differently colored candy canes, at this point, the piece goes on to say that a to include rather a reference by the infamous Snopes, who, mind you, answers to the government and is, according to the author of this piece, a liberal blog that looks into urban legends, of whom, in this case, my friends, says, quote, that this tale of the candy cane's origin uh origins is untrue. The writer continues by stating there are different theories as to why the traditional candy cane, along with the striped stick candy once popular with children year-round, has a hook shape. They say Snopes cites the legend of a German uh, choir master who wanted to quiet children during the long church service at a Cologne cathedral decided to hand out candy to forestall pious parental opposition, he had the candy maker bend the candy sticks into the shape of a shepherd's hook. At which point the writer once again interjects, according to a candy cane history blog, the first documented use of candy canes to celebrate Christmas was in 1874. They were, however, entirely white. Striped canes were not available until the end of the 19th century. Next, the author of this piece states, Liberty Council argues that the ban violates the U.S. Constitution by showing hostility towards Christianity. In her memo, Sinclair confessed to feeling discomfort at having to, quote, get this specific in her attempts to eradicate anything that suggests the Christmas holiday. Quote, I felt uncomfortable that I have to get this specific, but for everyone else's comfort, I will, she wrote. The writer continues by sharing Sinclair banned all of the following. Santa or Christmas items such as clip art on worksheets, Christmas trees in the classroom, 
Elf on a Shelf, that's Christmas related. Singing Christmas carols, playing Christmas music, sending a scholastic book that is a Christmas book, that's Christmas related. Making a Christmas ornament as a gift, this assumes that the family has a Christmas tree, which assumes that they celebrate Christmas. Candy canes, that, the, that she says, is Christmas related. Red and green items, because they are traditional Christmas colors. Reindeer, Christmas videos, movies, and or characters from Christmas movies. Acceptable practices for Sinclair include gifts to students, students making a gift for a loved one, snowmen, snow women, snow people, snowflakes. We have enough of those, my friends. Gingerbread people, holidays around the world, purposeful presentation of information to teach about different cultures. Shedding, sledding rather, hot chocolate, polar bears, penguins, scarves, boots, earmuffs, and hats. And last but in no way least, yes, my friends, yetis. Yetis named Olaf, of which is a character from the Disney film Frozen. But, my friends, it should have as well, in reality, been banned for Olaf is the name of a dead Norwegian king from Norway. He was the king of Norway. And in time since, he is who that has been canonized by the Catholic Church and is regarded as a saint, Olaf, of whose feast day is considered to be July 29th. Doesn't that make it religious, my friends? Moving ahead in this piece, the writer states, an attorney for Liberty Council, which lobbies for religious freedom, wrote to the superintendent of Elkhorn Public Schools to protest. Quote, the principal appears to have conflated her own values and preferences with the law, wrote Richard L. Mast. Quote, the First Amendment simply does not require elimination of all Christmas symbols, religious and secular. In a misguided attempt to be inclusive by eliminating all traditional elements of a federally and state-recognized holiday, the effort to comprehensively eliminate Christmas symbols is Orwellian, he continued. The author of this piece at this point continues by saying, Mast asserted that, quote, nothing prohibits schools, public schools, from teaching objectivity about religion, which in some cases is very bad, my friends, or about holidays with religious significance, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Quote, Nothing prohibits public school music programs from having a mix of sacred and secular songs related to the Christmas holiday. As part of a balanced Christmas music program or classroom assignments from having relevance to Christmas, he added. 
The writer of this article states the Elkhorn Public School System told Fox News that Sinclair's memo does not reflect the policy of Elkhorn Public Schools regarding holiday symbols in the school. The policy of Elkhorn School District is that Christmas trees, which, my friends, throughout history was and still is a pagan practice of the Druids as well as a symbol of the Father of Lights who resides in heaven above, who sent his one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, to pay the price of our sins by being hung on a tree. Santa Claus, of which there again, my friends, can also be translated with the rearranging of the letters of Santa to read Satan Claus. For he is truly the one who vies to take away the eyes of the parents through their lies about Christmas, along with the eyes and hearts of their children, off of the Lord and only Savior, who is none other than Jesus Christ, of whom the season is really supposed to be in remembrance of, along with the hope, salvation, and promise of eternal life, that he, that he was sent here by the one and only true and living God of heaven to bring. And Easter eggs and bunnies, all of which, my friends, is part of the pagan belief system of the Babylonians, who are, mind you, the inventors and worshipers of every dead God known to man, then and now, through all the extended false religions who came out of the time of the Babylonian Empire, who at the same time, excludes the worshiping of the one and only true and living God of heaven and his one and only begotten son, who is Jesus Christ. My friends, the Elkhorn School District states that Christmas trees, Santa Claus, and Easter eggs and bunnies, such as all public school systems do, are considered by the school to be secular seasonal symbols. And in this case, my friends, they have truly spoken, for they most certainly are that. Seasonal pagan worship symbols that the school says may be displayed as teaching aids, provided that they do not disrupt the instructional program for students. Um, which, in case you don't know what that is, my friends, it is to teach your children to become world citizens, or as in one world citizens. This piece ends with the school spokesperson stating the principal has been on administrative leave since Thursday morning. That, my friends, was in reference to last Thursday, December 2nd, 2018. And, my friends, which I think it was actually December I'm really not sure about that, but it wasn't the second. It was last week, so I don't believe last Thursday was the second. Um, 
And just before, my friends, we go to our break, I have a special gift for all of you, of which I have titled, J is for Jesus. My friends, this is my rendition of the telling of the story of the candy cane. It has been said that there was a candy maker who wanted to create with his hands a candy that would remind people of the true meaning of Christmas and to honor the Lord and only Savior who is none other than Jesus Christ. So he set out to make what we have all come to know, love, and call a candy cane. And here is how he did it. With much thought, planning, and love, they began by incorporating numerous symbols into the making up of the candy cane to honor and represent the birth, ministry, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. First, they formed the candy cane into the shape of a stick of pure white hard candy. White was to represent the virgin birth and the sinless life of the Lord Jesus Christ. The hardness of this stick of pure white hard candy was to symbolize Jesus as being the solid rock as spoken of in the Bible, for he is the foundation upon which his church is built upon and at the same time is at the very heart of the promises of the Lord God unto usward. Oh, and did I mention that the candy cane maker has as well formed this stick of white, pure, hard candy into the letter J to represent the precious and holy name that is the name above all names and is the only name by which all mankind must be saved by, that name being the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Christ, or shall we say the anointed one of God, and is at the same time the one and only begotten son of the one and only true and living God, and is the same who came to the earth for to be the savior of all mankind who would call upon his name as the word of God states. The J also represents the staff of the good shepherd, of whom is noted there again in the word of God as being the Lord Jesus Christ. The J is to remind us that spiritually speaking, it is the staff with which he reaches down by way of God's Holy Spirit to reclaim his precious lost and fallen lambs who like sheep have all gone astray. Now the candy cane maker wanted to finish off his gift of honoring and in remembrance of the Lord Jesus Christ for the work that he has already done upon the cross of Calvary for all mankind. That is of all mankind who will receive him as their personal savior. So the candy makers stained it with stripes of red. They used three small stripes to show the stripes of the scourging that the Lord Jesus received upon his body for our healing. So as to fulfill Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5b, where it is said, with his stripes 
we are healed. Last, but in no way least, the candy cane maker placed a large red stripe upon the candy cane to represent the precious and holy blood that was shed by the Lord Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary to bring to pass the promise of eternal life that is granted to all who walk hand in hand in this life with the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord, Master, Savior, soon coming King and Messiah. And, my friends, on that simply thought-provoking note, I will be right back after the break so that we can continue with J is for Jesus. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? That your baby boy would give sight to a blind man. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, A beautiful song, my friends. A very beautiful song. And just for the record, last Thursday was the 6th of December, not the 2nd. As we move on, in other news, my friends, just before we end this show with a little more Christmas blessing, I have this very interesting piece by Mr. Michael T. Snyder, author of The Most Important News, dated December 6th. 
why not? 2018 titled, What Was in the Mystery Envelopes that Hillary, Biden, and Pence Received at Bush's Funeral? Oh my goodness, my friends, I saw these videos yesterday and it is phenomenal and beyond belief. Let's see what Mr. Snyder has to say about it. Mr. Snyder begins by stating shocking photographs and video footage from the funeral of George H.W. Bush clearly show some of the top leaders of the entire country receiving mysterious envelopes. And based on the reaction of Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, whatever was in those envelopes did not take long to read and did not contain good news. At first, Mr. Snyder says, I thought that the most reasonable explanation was that everyone that attended the funeral must have received one of these envelopes inside their programs, but that was not the case. Video evidence shows that Hillary Clinton received an envelope, but former President Jimmy Carter, who was seated directly next to her, did not. Mr. Snyder continues by stating after Hillary Clinton opened her program brochure at the George H.W. Bush's funeral, the envelope fell into her lap. He then goes on to say, my friends, former President Jimmy Carter, who was sitting uh, to Clinton's left, can be seen looking over at her and then checking if he got one, too. He didn't. And Hillary Clinton was not the only prominent Democrat to receive an envelope, says Mr. Snyder, just before going on to say, in this video, of which Mr. Snyder provided within his piece, he states, you can see Joe Biden getting one. At this point, Mr. Snyder says, but the theory that it was just top Democrats that received envelopes was blown out of the water when a picture emerged of an envelope in Karen Pence's program. Mr. Snyder, Mr. Snyder's question, my friends, as well as mine is, so exactly, what are we supposed to make of all of this? And why has the mainstream media been completely silent on this issue? Perhaps, Mr. Snyder says, it is possible that there was nothing noteworthy about these envelopes. But the faces of Joe Biden and his wife after receiving their envelope suggests otherwise, which I totally agree with, my friends. I saw the videos. My friends, I myself saw these videos that Mr. Snyder is speaking of yesterday, and I would like to add one more point of huge interest, which is that in the video I was viewing, I as well plainly saw that the former president, George W. Bush, had received one of these envelopes as well. In the scene that I am speaking to you about, you see Laura George W. and Jeb Bush all standing together in the front row of the funeral service, just as the casket of former President George H.W. Bush 
passes by, you then can tell by the look on President George W. Bush's face that he has just seen what was in the envelope. And Laura Bush is now at this point looking at whatever it is, and she is just about to come unglued. She then turns to Jeb Bush, who is standing to her right with his hand over his heart during the passing by of his father. And as soon as he sees what it says on the note from inside the envelope, his hand immediately drops from his heart to his side and a sense of total and utter shock appears on his face, which was the very same response given by each and every one who received or looked at what was in these envelopes. Each person who looked at the content was thrown into instant shock with their mouth agape. Mr. Snyder ends his piece by stating, if any of you find other evidence of these envelopes as at George H.W. Uh, Bush's funeral, please contact me and let me know, he says. It appears that something strange was going on and the American people deserve an explanation. And to that, my friends, I severely agree because I cannot wait to find out what is in those envelopes because it is deadly. Now, concerning the fact that one of these envelopes was caught on camera, did you hear me? I said was caught on camera in the hand of Karen Pence, the vice president's wife, as she appeared appeared to me to be fluffing the pages of her program for the camera to see the envelope of which it appeared uh, considering the stern but at the same time seemingly blank look on the face of the vice president that they had already seen what was inside and what was inside Vice President Pence's envelope may coincide with what I am now about to reveal to you, of which is from another great piece by the ever-dependable Mr. Michael T. Snyder, of which is dated there again, December 6, 2018, the same day as the article concerning the mystery letters and is titled, It is Being Reported That Trump is Considering Replacing Mike Pence, wait for it, wait for it, with Nikki Haley for the 2020 election, of which Mr. Snyder begins by stating, it's a rumor that won't go away. Mainstream news outlets Newsweek and Vanity Fair have both reported that Donald Trump and his political advisors have been considering replacing Mike Pence with Nikki Haley for the 2020 election. 
Of course, says Mr. Snyder, there is always at least a little speculation about such a move whenever a sitting president runs for re-election, but it is something that is just not done. No president in recent American history has made such a move, but Donald Trump is no ordinary president. Outside of his immediate family, most of the other key figures that Trump originally brought with him to the White House are now gone. And it appears that Mike Pence may soon be on the chopping block. Most Republicans had assumed that Pence was completely safe. But apparently, that is not the case, says Mr. Snyder. According to Gabriel Sherman of Vanity Fair, a 2020 strategy meeting that Trump hosted on Monday included a discussion about whether Mike Pence should be replaced. On Monday, Trump hosted a 2020 strategy meeting with a group of advisors. Among the topics discussed was whether Mike Pence should remain on the ticket. Given the hurricane force political headwinds Trump will face, as demonstrated by the midterms, a source briefed on the session told me they're beginning to think about whether Mike Pence should be running again. The source said, adding that the advisors presented Trump with new polling that shows Pence doesn't expand Trump's coalition. He doesn't detract, he doesn't detract from it, but he doesn't add anything either, the source said. Last month, the New York Times reported that Trump had been privately asking advisors if Pence could be trusted and that outside advisors had been pushing Nikki Haley to replace Pence. Mr. Snyder said if that report is accurate, it is a bombshell. And I totally agree with that, my friends. But as Mr. Snyder says, so say I. But is it accurate? He then goes on to say, Vanity Fair is definitely not a friend of the Trump administration, and they could just be trying to stir up trouble. However, says Mr. Snyder, it should also be noted that Newsweek has also reported that Trump, that the Trump team is thinking about replacing Pence. And the reason why such a move would be made would be to help Trump with women voters. Mr. Snyder continues by sharing that Pence, the former Indiana governor and staunch ally of evangelical voters and leaders, was originally viewed in 2016 as a running mate who could help Trump win the Midwest, the South, and the religious right. But Haley, who is reportedly, listen up, my friends, Haley, who is reportedly close with White House advisor and Trump daughter Ivanka Trump, as well as Trump's son-in-law and advisor Jared Kushner, could increase the president's profile among women voters. Trump does so far does 
far better with male voters than he does with female voters. And women could end up being the determining factor in the 2020 election. But asks Mr. Snyder, why get rid of Pence? Normally a sitting president would never dump a running mate unless there was an overwhelming reason to do so. Up to this point, Mike Pence has been an exemplary vice president, and there would seem to be no justification for unceremoniously dumping him. Unfortunately for Pence, Trump has a very long memory, and he is reportedly still bitter about what Pence said after the release of the infamous Access Hollywood recording. The president has reportedly never forgiven Pence for his critical comments following the release of the Access Hollywood tape in which Trump bragged that he could kiss women and grab them by their genitals without their consent because of his celebrity status. The New York Times reported on Friday. Still, the idea of replacing Mike Pence with Nikki Haley would seem to be unthinkable, says Mr. Snyder. It would be undoubtedly, it would undoubtedly upset a whole host of conservatives that greatly admire Pence. And by making such a move, Donald Trump would be breaking his word. About a month ago, reporters directly asked Trump if Pence would be on the ticket in 2020. The following came, or the following rather, comes from cnsnews.com. Quote, a lot of people are going to be rushing to Iowa, rushing to New Hampshire. You know that the Democrats are already looking ahead to 2020, the reporter said. Do you want to lock down your ticket right now, sir? Will the vice president be your running mate in 2020? In response, says Mr. Snyder, Trump was very straightforward with his answer. Well, uh, I haven't asked him, but I hope so. Trump said to laughter from the press pool, where are you? The president asked, looking around the East Room. Mike, will you be my running mate? Stand up, Mike, please. Raise your right hand. No, I'm just kidding. Will you? Pence stood up and nodded, to which Trump responded, thank you. Okay, good. The answer is yes. So there you go. Mr. Snyder says, just before going on to say, if Donald Trump is a man of his word, Mike Pence will be on the ticket in 2020. But if he's not, or if he isn't, and Nikki Haley replaces Pence, a lot of Trump's current supporters are going to lose faith in him. Mr. Snyder ends his piece by stating, in normal times, the choice to keep Pence would seem to be exceedingly obvious, but we are not living in normal times. And with President Trump, we have come to expect the unexpected of which I totally agree with, my friends. Now, there is one really 
big thing that was not mentioned by anyone here concerning the possible replacing of uh, Vice President Mike Pence with Nikki Haley, of whom the article did mention is said to be close with and good friends to President Trump's daughter and and advisor Ivanka Trump, as well as to advisor and son-in-law Jared Kirchner. My friends, I do believe, this is Pastor Dana speaking to you, my friends, I do believe that if it was explained to the so-called evangelicals that she, meaning Nikki Haley, would be useful in the so-called peace negotiations concerning Israel and her enemies, this plan would be a big hit. Because, after all, it was Nikki Haley who was our ambassador at the UN and made the announcement that America would be and indeed did, after 70 years, move our embassy to Jerusalem, of which I'm very happy about. I believe that if this was the scenario presented, that it is even possible that Vice President Pence would be fully on board with it and throw his complete support behind President Trump's plan to bring her into play. Food for spiritual thought, for the Lord God says that things are not always as they appear. And with that said, my friends, today I would like to leave you with a beautiful Christmas sonnet titled Dime Store Angel. I know my mother would have loved this, and I pray that you all will as well. It was just a Christmas angel that my mom put on our tree. She bought it at a five and dime when I was only three. Each year we'd trim our Christmas tree with lights and ornaments. Then mom would always tell me what the angel represents. The angel came to tell the shepherds of the Christ child's birth and angels are still here with us to guide us here on the earth. The angel on our Christmas tree was made in such a way that if the light inside burned out, you just threw it away. The light burned out when I was 12. The angel would not shine, but mom would not throw it away. She said it looked just fine. She loved that little angel that she put upon our tree. She said it didn't need a light for anyone to see. Then I grew up and I moved out to start my family and I, I'd go home at Christmas time to help her trim her tree. My wife and children went with me to mom's house every year. The house was filled with love and joy as we shared Christmas cheer. The children, the kids rather, the kids would always say to her, the angel is burned out. Then she would smile and tell them what the angel's all about. She told another reason for its special tea. Your daddy picked out that angel when he was only three. My mother passed away this year, 
early in the spring. And then I had the painful task of going through her things. The beautiful old house she owned was left in her will to me. We moved back in the summertime. We feel her in it still. Early in December, we brought out our Christmas tree. I went up to the attic to see just what I could see. I saw a cardboard box marked ornaments and stuff, and in it was the little angel that she loved so much. I brought the cardboard box downstairs and showed it to the family. Then they persuaded me to put the angel on our tree. We trimmed the tree that weekend, and we talked of Christmas past. Then when the tree was finally done, the angel went on last. Every night till Christmas, all the lights were burning bright, except the little angel that had long burned out her light. Then on Christmas morning, I, I arose before the rest. I had to have my coffee to be my very best. I walked into the living room, my coffee cup in hand. Then what I saw so puzzled me, I could not understand. I just stood in silence as my eyes filled with tears. The little angel was all aglow that had been dark for so many years. My friends, I hope that you we'll all remember just what this season is really for. It is to honor and remember the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is none other than Jesus Christ. If you, my friends, and your family have not received him as your only hope of salvation, which means a way of escape from the darkest days that are yet to come, Please do ask him this day to forgive you of your sins and invite him by way of God's Holy Spirit to make your heart his home, that he may comfort you and your family as the days and world at large grow ever so long, dark and cold. And with that said, my friends, may you all experience the joys of Christmas this year such as never before. But before we end this show today, my friends, we have a good long time to talk about what it means to be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, when you see all that is taking place in the world today, the words that the Lord Jesus Christ left with the disciples just before he returned to heaven were that we, in the time upon his return, this is found in Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 through 4, Jesus told the disciples at the time of his return in the rapture that the main thing that we would need to be careful of, it would be the sign of his soon return, and it is that we were to be careful that no man deceive us. My friends, the word of God says that 
the deception that is coming upon the world and now is, is powerful and strong and mighty dark and would fool the very elect of God if it was possible. But it is not. Because, my friends, when you have given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and you let him take control of all that goes on in your life, and you walk in the power, working, and anointing of God's Holy Spirit. Because, my friends, after you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're then to turn to the Lord God in prayer and seek him for the indwelling power of his Holy Spirit, which is outlined in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And when the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit comes upon you, my friends, you will know it, for you will speak with other tongues. The Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is what his word says. My friends, once the power and anointing of God's Holy Spirit comes upon your life and you walk in it by knowing God's word, knowing it well, and knowing it correctly for yourself, there is no demon in hell that can come against you. For the Lord God is your protector and his spirit is with you even until the end of this world. And those were the words of Jesus, my friends. He said, I am with you even until the end of this world. My friends, today, if you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not too late. While you still have breath is the time to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to begin to walk, in the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, as I just explained to you by requesting from the Lord God that he would bestow this gift upon you, that you would be able to withstand all the fiery darts that Satan and his demons and evil angels have prepared for those who are uncovered and that are not covered by the blood of Jesus and to who, who do not walk in the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit. My friends, as long as you have breath and you haven't crossed a line that only God knows, you are eligible to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your one and only Savior. My friends, because there will be no one to help you after you've taken your last breath, if you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and have not loved him and worked for him by pointing others in this world to him. For that is our assignment, my friends. It is our assignment to, to point others in the direction of the Lord Jesus Christ that we would have fruits for the time that the Lord God gives us our rewards as eternity begins. My friends, but you must make your choice to receive the Lord Jesus Christ while you're in this life, because after you die, it is too late. And if you leave this world without the Lord Jesus Christ being your Savior, you will end up first in hell, as the Bible states. And then on to the time of the great white throne judgment day of God, you will then be cast forever into the flames of the lake of fire for all eternity, 
where the Antichrist beast, the false prophet, Satan, his evil angels, his demons, and all people who have ever lived upon this earth throughout history, my friends, who have rejected the love and gift and work and precious and holy shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, who did it all that we may have eternal life if we would receive him, God's one and only begotten son, as our savior and salvation, which means way of escape. My friends, there was a very sad situation in our state yesterday, or a couple of days ago now, I think. It was a lady, she was about 30 years old, and she had a five-year-old son, and they were driving down one of the busiest interstates of our state, going home from work. She had just been on the phone with her mother saying, I'm picking up my little one. And her mother said, I could hear the bell dinging in the background as she opened the car door to belt him in to his child seat. A few minutes later, she got another call from a family member that said, come to this area and do it as fast and quickly as you can. And when they arrived, they found out that their daughter and grandson had been crushed to death in an accident upon that freeway. Someone had run into the back of them and pushed them completely into another vehicle, draining the life out of their bodies in an instant. Now, my friends, I do not know where those folks stood on their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's been on my heart for a couple of days, and I pray that they were ready. But my friends, there are so many who are not ready, and you may be one as well. So today is the day of salvation, says the word of God. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart now, because tomorrow may be too late for you. My friends, let me just pray with you and for you. As I pray this prayer, please ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sin, of your sins. Ask him from your heart, not just your mouth and your mind, my friends, for he knows the end from the beginning. But today, if you will, with a broken and contrite heart and spirit, ask the Lord Jesus Christ humbly to forgive you of your sins. He will hear your prayer, my friends, and he will begin a wonderful life with you. And you will find out that there was more to this life than you've ever noticed or seen up to this point. With that said, let us pray. Dear Lord God, we humbly come before your throne this day, Lord God, and we bow down. We thank you for the wonderful gift of your one and only begotten Son who was born at the time we call Christmas. Lord God, we just thank you for sending your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, to be our Savior, to take our place upon the cross, that he may purchase us back through his precious and holy shed blood, that we may have eternal life. If we would ask the Lord Jesus to forgive us of our sins and begin to walk with him, know your word, know it well, and know it correctly for ourselves. Seek you for your indwelling power, working and anointing of your Holy Spirit, and Keep our eyes stayed upon the Lord Jesus Christ until we see him break the eastern sky in the rapture. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you for taking my place upon the cross, and today I humbly come before you and ask you to please forgive me of my sins. Please receive me into your family and your soon-coming eternal kingdom. Lord Jesus, I know that you are faithful and true to do that which you have promised, and I know, Lord Jesus, that today, as I've asked you to forgive me of my sins, I also ask you to come into my heart and to be my Savior and to make your abode on your home there with me. And Holy Spirit, I say in this day, have your way in my heart and in my life from now until we meet in the air where we shall be ever together. In Jesus' precious and holy name, I pray, amen and amen. And with that said, my friends, as I told you before, I hope that by asking the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart today and also sharing him with your family, that this Christmas you will experience the joys of Christmas such as you have never before as you draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. And with that said, my friends, good night to one and to all, for it is a wrap. May the Lord God bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Shalom and blessings. Bless Christmas to you all until we meet again. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?